0: This podcast contains adult language. If you would like a bleeped version, that doesn't exist. Sorry.
1: Hello and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. How are you, survivalists? How are you doing? How is your week? How is your day? How's your evening whenever you're listening to this? This is the podcast that helps you survive everything in your life. And I am Molly Merwin as you hopefully know, or maybe you've just joining us. So hi, I'm Molly. How are you? Welcome, welcome. And I'm always, as you may know, or if you're new to let you know, I'm always joined by Miss Kaylee Cassidy. Hello, Kaylee. What's up people? Nice, nice, nice intro there. That was, uh, that was like, that was like a get the crowd started, get the crowd pumped intro yeah. I liked that we're, we're
2: recording in the evening it's time to get the crowd pumping
1: <laughs> yeah exactly the
2: children are screaming outside my window like they are really? in a pool. yeah they're not my kids uh but they are neighbor's <laughs> kids you can't hear them but they are like they are having the best time of their life that's all I can say
1: at least someone is that's great okay oh that's to- bad i know that was actually really lame and like really negative of me (laughs) i'm actually really enjoying this because i'm with you (laughs) and our special guest sam irving hi sam how are you
0: i'm good thank you thank you very much for having me very excited to be on
1: Ah, oh, we're excited to have you and yeah. today so a little bit about sam sam is an improviser with over a decades of experience most notably performing across the uk with award-winning scottish improv groups men with coconuts and the spontaneous players prior to this he has spent three years living and working in china when not on stage or in a motorway travel lodge sam enjoys writing translating poetry whoa, that's pretty cool. Dungeons and Dragons and board games, which nobody else wants to learn the rules to. That's definitely my husband. He's always the rules guy when we play board games.
2: <laughs> oh my God. I tell you what, this the rules is too much. I need someone to tell me what they are, summarize, and then I just need to play. Like It's such a handy thing if you've got somebody who loves
1: instructions in your board game group. That is Alex, but then sometimes, not even sometimes, I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but more than sometimes. He'll like read the 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 rules wrong, and then halfway through, he's like, oh, wait, oh, wait, this decent. <laughs> we're like, oh, it's another Alex expansion. I do that all the time.
0: My brother and his wife were down visiting uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weekends ago. First time I've seen him in over a year. And uh, I was like, oh, we'll play a board game. And I pulled out like this one game, and he went, mm, we played that at Christmas once. And I seem to remember it took about four hours. I was like, right, yeah. okay just gauging the level i'll go get one of the like little party card game type things you know <laughs>
1: <It's>... <laughs> just out of curiosity what was the board game
0: it was betrayal game. at the house on the hill which i don't think generally is too complicated but it's it's different every time so it's uh it it can last half an hour it can last a lot longer than yeah. half an hour
1: yeah so,
2: are you a yeah. fan of articulate
0: yes anything like I love that it. you know i love it it's great
1: I don't know this one. Ooh. This Molly, is one you don't, don't know
2: Articulate?
1: I don't think so. I think you've told me about it though. Oh,
2: you and Alex. Oh, you need a, You need like a team of like two teams or more. But let me tell you, yes, it's a good game.
1: Yeah? Mmm. I will say, I think going back to the rules, it is an art. I got to appreciate it. It is an art explaining a board game. Yeah. It's because art. You know or what I talent. mean? Because it's like, or talent, yeah, because you got to like, you got to get to the, you know, the what, what, what you're trying to do, like, how do you win the game, how, like, like, what's your goal, the end goal, like, how do you get that, like, and and, and and if you're like playing a super complicated game, it's like, it can take remember, thirty minutes.
2: Do you remember the board game where you have to click the middle and the dice go, and then it's called frustration, I think. Frustration. Is it? And, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. That was that when i was a kid that was like my number one favorite board game and i used to like it's one of those things where it's probably confirmation bias but i would roll sixes all the time wow and it'd be like oh i've got a special technique and like my, my brother used to get really upset about it. <laughs> the same one who Did didn't he? want to learn the rules to betrayal at the house on the hill uh he is 32 now at the time he was probably <laughs> about eight but uh yeah it was uh Give some grace yeah absolutely but you know so these are, are board game related trauma trauma throughout the years of our uh, sibling relationship
2: <laughs> oh i honestly don't have any board game trauma because my family couldn't even play board games they couldn't even sit down together to do it
1: so <laughs> <laughs> we we played board games every once in a while you know mm. monopoly but that alex is like oh monopoly that's ugh. don't." Talk i'm kind of there as that. well
0: yeah i grew up up, yeah grew up playing a lot of scrabble pictionary trivial pursuit like we were at that that sort of house you know once we sit down for a board game
2: lots
0: of charades lots of charades yeah the first the first time izzy my fiance, met my parents for like an extended period of time we went uh they rented a cottage up in the Scottish highlands and we went to stay with them for a few days and we have like All these like photos and videos of us just like howling with laughter playing Shiraz together and it's like that's kind of I guess we we were like, yeah, this okay, this works. Good good dynamic with my family. So
1: (laughs) the first time Alex met my dad, we played uh cards against the human cards against humanity, which
0: That's a choice. (laughs) It was a a choice. choice.
1: Correct, Sam, and I think it was my father's choice. He's like, "Oh, what's this game?" We're like, "Oh, it's you know, kind of for terrible people. Let's play it." And then I will never forget. My, so my 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 family generally is kind of conservative, uh, but my uncle especially is very very conservative. But I will never forget one time we had the big Thanksgiving. You know, my dad's entire side of the family was staying at ours, and we played charades, and he got poop as his as his word i think or manure i think it was manure so i'll never forget he got on all like my very conservative kind of quiet uncle gets on all fours and starts going like (laughs) and like pointing to his butt that it's like coming out of his butt we're like what is going on? And we're like, crap? And he's like, more? more? I mean, he didn't say that, but, you know, that's, that's his gesture. And we finally got manure. I'll never forget that. Anyway, we digress. You know what board games are good for? Well, they're good for a lot of things. But traveling, how's that segue, guys? How's that segue?
0: I'm impressed.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you have to get a travel board game, and you can get them. Oh, Tiny version of Battleships. Yes, but also
1: there's some good just traveling board games like um alex and i like to play hive which is kind of like it's a two-player light chest like game very light light and then oh yeah i could go to town on some good travel board games yeah this is a
0: it's not a board game we, episode. We could have done know, a whole board like, game episode. She like,
1: totally got off on like board games. We'll have to have Sam back <laughs> and do how to survive board games. I would, t- or actually, Alex would be jealous if we didn't have him on. We'll have a double, a double, a double feature of, of Sam and Alex on uh, how to survive board games. But today, oh, and I'll just we, go, and I'll just go. That's no. how she kicks
2: me off the show. That's how she kicks me off the show, Sam. That's what She's my plan like, has been. I've always wanted to see a podcast with my husband, and now Kaylee, <laughs> you're gone.
0: Yes slowly pushing you towards slowly the door
2: pushing me out the frame
0: as Alex walks in carrying a stack of 10 board games on top exactly, of each other.
1: exactly and every episode I mean- they
2: just talk about board games
1: that is true that would be like yeah that would make my husband so happy uh but no today we're not talking about board games we're actually talking about travel which is why we had Sam on who, as as you just heard, lived in China for three years, has traveled around and the world. He translates poetry. I want to hear more, oh, more about that. They translate poetry. How did I not know this about you, Sam? Yeah, from what I language to what that. language? Uh,
0: from Chinese to English.
1: That's
2: fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah, I've done some work with a, a, a couple of friends of mine. One of them Scottish, one is Taiwanese, and we we translate Taiwanese poetry from uh, from Chinese. Into English, wow! I've just I've just done it like a bit, you know. They do it a lot more seriously, and I've got stuff yeah. published. But yeah, it's uh, it's good, good way to keep up with the language.
1: Mm. I've got stuff published, but I've just done it a bit.
0: <laughs> I, I've only had they one one it. thing, one thing, but uh, they got a lot more published than me.
1: <laughs> but keep going, eh? Yeah.
2: That's I feel impressive. like translating poetry because it's there's a flavor and there's like something that you have to capture. I, I actually love translation. The Art of Translation by Kate Briggs is one of my favorite books. And it's so... Oh man, what's Stop. it about? I mean, besides, it's, it's about the art of translation and how it's like overlooked and sometimes underpaid. And how like you know, translating someone's words—it's not just about that. Yeah. It's capturing the mood of the text. It's yeah, it's taking it all in and and yeah, and being fluent in two languages like that—you can do that. It's it's incredible. I love it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to transition from that, but I agree with everything <laughs> you
2: just said.
1: You know what? Sometimes we don't need a transition. We don't, we, we don't need a transition. <laughs> we just bring we just know it's there and we take it in and we yeah, I like it. I like it. I'll click I'll click since we're talking ah <laughs> uh, but no yeah today we're talking about how to survive travel. I I feel like I'm trying to survive travel the past couple of days because we we booked when it was green we booked a holiday to Portugal. That's obviously not happening now and 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 now like every other British person, we are booking a trip to Majorca. We're under a uh, kind of a, a personal deadline that we have to get it done in the next, we have to travel in the next couple, couple of weeks, couple of months. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I've been dealing, I've been surviving travel for the past couple of days and it's been overtaking my life. I do love traveling. I used to enjoy it more pre-pandemic, but these are first world problems that I cannot complain about.
2: I mean, it's relative, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Cause, it is relative, you know, yeah. <laughs>
2: I think most, for for me, I was quite surprised when you said that most of the British public are going to Mallorca because I think they're going to Cornwall. Like, this This is true. You're right, Kaylee. The roads are packed. Like, it's, it's, yeah. And, and everywhere is booked. Like, you can't get anywhere. Like, all the Airbnbs are like up and gone. And, you know, it's, everyone just wants to get out of where they are and just transition to the next place over.
0: We're getting married in, in, devon next month and we had to send out the accommodation list months and months in advance just to make sure yeah. that everybody could definitely get somewhere to stay when they come down mm. to uh, to visit yeah
2: and what part of devon are you getting married in because i'm from devon
0: it's uh kind of near dulverton south Moulton, kind of up ah, okay up not north quite devon. in uh yeah north devon yeah
2: yeah beautiful
0: yeah absolutely lovely gorgeous if we get the weather touchwoods Oh, f- jesus if it ever
1: stopped raining in this country i mean i know it's england but damn yeah we were gonna go to cornwall but that's why we're not going to cornwall this year because we're like everybody's going to cornwall yeah i really want to go to scotland oh because we were supposed to go to of sky last year can- had to cancel it so i'm hoping we can go to scotland at some point before the end of the year yeah i really want that but anyway okay guys let's help people survive travel. As you know, each week we have a guest. And if maybe, maybe you're one of Sam's friends. So you're just turning in for the first time. So each week we have a guest this week it's Sam and we help people survive that topic. As I said, survive travel. And Sam is going to give us what is your first and actually only, why do I always do that? What is your first and only top tip for surviving travel?
0: So my tip is is quite broad, but I will also narrow it down is make an effort. And what I mean by that is make an effort to learn a little bit of the language, make an effort to learn a bit about the culture of the place that you're visiting, yes. uh, make an effort to push your boundaries, uh, you know, when you're there. I think it's very easy when traveling to just go, oh, everyone speaks English. Uh, and mm. broadly speaking, that is true. For what I've found with traveling and living abroad is that if you speak even a tiny bit of their language. They are immediately on site. They're on board. They are your friends. And they will welcome you with open arms because they're used to people traveling and not making that effort.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sam, this, so that the audience obviously can't see me because we're a podcast, but I'm like shaking my head, furious, like a lot because I can, compl- this is actually going to be part of my uh, top tip because I cannot agree with you more on this. Even if you just like, I remember the first time I came to Europe, I, I, I was in, I was in Milan and I was trying to figure out, I was at a train station. I was trying to figure out what to do. And I'll never forget it. These, these girls are a bit younger. Than me. went up to a, I think it was a security guy. He's like, do you, they're like, and they're American. I'm like, come on guys, represent. Anyway. And um, they're like, do you speak English? And the guy just looked at them like so annoyed and they walked off. So I went up to him and now I can't remember what it is, but I was like, hello, do you speak English in Italian? And I said it in Italian at the time I knew it. And he was like, no, but he's like, no. And then he like kind of, but hold, like kind of was like, hold on and looked around and then was like, you know, waved me over to someone at, to help me. So like, if if you just try people, even they don't speak your language, they'll f- try to find, they'll try to help you.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's something that, yeah, I, I just found that even like you could see that, you can see the change on people's faces, like, particularly in China, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who go across to China and they'll live there for, like, five or six years and they won't make any effort to learn the language while they're there. I've met a number of people who've lived there for years and do not speak any Chinese. So it, it, it kind of makes a bad name for, like, Americans and Brits uh, when, you know, like, so to the extent that you'll walk into a restaurant and you almost see them roll their eyes. And then if you oh. just, even if you just, you know, ask for a menu or, you know, order in basic Chinese or French or Italian or German their face lights up and you're like great yeah. and I've through that I've had you know people have invited me to their homes for dinner and people have like offered to be a tour guide for a day and show me bits of the city Aww. that you wouldn't see if you you know if you were just visiting and looking at like TripAdvisor or Lonely Planet guides so uh so I think you know, it, it does make a world of difference.
1: Why do you think, and, and this may be hard for you to answer because you have to be in other people's minds, but why do you think someone would go to another country and not try to learn the language at all? Do you think it's just intimidating?
0: I think some, some, sometimes, yeah, I guess it's intimidating. I think some people are just assholes as well, um, <laughs> if I'm yeah, perfectly honest.
2: No, I think so, but I will say that neurodiversity when you've got dyslexia or when you've got like learning difficulties learning a new language is actually fucking difficult because you don't even understand yeah. the grammar of your own mm. I will be honest with you like when I lived in Thailand like I tried to learn it and it's fucking difficult like it's so difficult that like one one letter represents so many different letters and yeah. it, mm. it, it were, like it, it did feel like a fucking impossible thing I only was there six months I guess if I was going to live there I would really try but I think it's I think some people have a knack for it. Like I've watched videos yeah. of these magicians who are spinning out 32 different languages that they learn in one month. And I'm like, wow. And I
1: definitely don't have the knack for it. Yeah. Well, in Thai is difficult because it's tonal. And I remember talking to a guy, Australian guy that had been living there 15 years. He had a Thai wife. And he's like, I still, you yeah. know, I. Yeah, you, yeah, he's yeah. like, you hear me and I sound fluent, but they hear me. And he's like, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. But yeah, I have a funny story about, so when we were in Vietnam, you know, again, we always try to learn like, hi, how, you know, hi, do you speak English in that language? Thank you. Yes. No. Where's the bathroom? Like just kind of basic stuff. So we thought we'd learn thank you. And we're saying thank you when people would bring us, you know, things and they'd always kind of smirk. And we thought, oh, they just think we're cute Americans. And then we got to like our last, our last place. That we we're staying and maybe the last four days of the trip and we and now i can't remember what it is but we said thank you and the person like smirked and they walked away and then the bartender who was i think australian he might have been british but anyway he was like what are you saying and we repeated it we're like he's like what are you trying to say and we said thank you he's like you're saying shitty chicken So, for two weeks, we were just telling people shitty chicken when they were bringing us like food or asking for directions. And I think I would hope they they know what we were trying to say but yeah but then i think yeah
0: so i think it's a super valid point about you know it's not easy for everyone to learn language uh but i think yeah to go back to my original point is there's other ways to make the effort as well so um yeah i had an experience once where i was helping interpret for a canadian pop opera group who were touring in china it was like wow. two pop stars, two opera, two pop stars, two opera stars who did uh, like cover operatic covers of pop songs together. They were touring mm. China and it was the first stop on their tour. And one of my friends who was Chinese had been called in as an interpreter and she didn't feel terribly confident. So she was like, oh, if you come down, we've got one Chinese person who speaks English, one British person who speaks Chinese. Between us, we can kind of, yeah. you know, do do. We, we, we won't lose any of the nuance. So they were there. They were quite nice, well, some of them were very nice. Uh, okay. is what I will say. <laughs> some of them were a bit some of them were a bit devish, but uh, in their in you know to 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 be frank though, it was really badly organized. The whole thing was really badly organized. There was a lot going wrong. It clearly hadn't been it wasn't how it had been sold to them. you know the the ticket sales were way lower than they'd been promised, things like that. so I kind of understand them having not a great attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but then we all sat down to dinner and their roadie their head roadie comes and sits with us and he didn't touch a single thing on the table in this very nice Chinese restaurant and it was like what I was like what are you not eating and he's like "No, I'm just gonna go get KFC afterwards no and this was the first stop on their tour. It's not like they'd been eating Chinese food for six weeks and he was just craving home because I think we've all had that yeah. experience where you're like, oh, I would just quite like, you know, something simple and familiar. No, he wasn't even willing to try. He's like, oh, it's probably all just like beaks and eyeballs. And I think that's, you know, that's another yeah. part of like, it's like, put yourself out there a little bit. If you try it and don't like it, that's fine. Go to KFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was just sitting there with like the stinking attitudes and, you know, not talking yeah. to anyone. Really rude to the wait staff. And yeah. So I think there's uh, I think yeah, there's there's various different ways you can kind of insert yourself into the culture respectfully and experience it.
2: But my advice on that is because you just reminded me of it and a, a situation I had when I arrived in Thailand in Bangkok, my bag had gone missing for three days. So I didn't have anything and I was just meeting people for the first time in the same clothes. Oh, no. But anyway, the first thing I ate because we arrived a little bit late we went to a cafe like a like a restaurant a little a little tiny restaurant around the corner from the hotel everyone else was eating in the hotel but we thought no let's me and the girl that was in a room we thought let's let's go and get something around the corner so we did and we I ordered a som tam yum uh soup and I wasn't veggie at the time so I got prawns and chicken and everything in it Honestly, I was ill for a week because my stomach was not used to it. Like you can't just go full in, you know? Like maybe ease, saying, ease yourself not, in. Yeah, 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 you yeah. got to ease yourself in because Oh my God. And it's exhausting, you know, having yeah. like diarrhea and puking for one yes. week. And oh my God, yes. I'm learning all this new information about my internship and where I'm going to be working. And all I want to do is sleep. And I go to the room and I sleep and I sleep and I sleep and I get up. And then my roommate also had the same thing. And we were like, why did we go and just, we thought we were invincible, but we yeah. had weak tummies. But after that, we could eat anything, you know, we really, uh, we really like went for it and hardened ourselves <laughs> yeah. up.
0: I actually had the opposite experience. The first time I was out in China, I was living in Xinjiang, right up in the Northwest in the desert. And there was only like, there was like one chicken, like fried chicken restaurant in the town, uh, like a knockoff KFC. That was it. That was the only like Western food you could get in the whole the whole town. We could get a half hour taxi into the nearest city and get more options there, but that that was it. So I went, you know, maybe three or four months just eating local cuisine. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go get like a chicken burger. Yeah. And I got food poisoning. And then I was like, okay, that's fine. Went back to eating the local food. And then maybe three months later, I went, it was probably just a one off. And I got a fried chicken burger yeah. again. And I got food poisoning again. <gasps> oh, <laughs> Sam, no.
2: Sam, I hear you. The next time I got food poisoning in Thailand was when I had a KFC.
0: There you go. It's I just got it, something there. About it. And you know
2: what? The best thing about KFC in Thailand is you eat it with a knife and fork. You get served with a little plate Love. and a knife and fork and it's all really, I don't like KFC actually. Like that's the last <laughs> time I ever ate it, but my mom loves it.
1: The worst food poisoning I've ever had was in Thailand. And it was the same as you, Kaylee. like on my honeymoon, both ends. It, and I was like, it was like a <laughs> violent.
2: really rude when you say on my
1: honeymoon. On my honeymoon, both ends. Both ends. <laughs> <laughs> Take that anyway. <anywhere. laughs> Just saying. You try to do things when you're married. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was violent. Like I, like I was crying, but not because of like, woe is me. Just because it was like, I was throw like, sorry. Okay. Content warning here. Content warning. If you don't like vomit talk, go ahead. T- t- 15 seconds. But I was throwing up so, so violently. I was just like crying. And Alex was yeah. the same way. We were just a mess. It was a mess. I was Girl. like that on Saturday. I I went I had a gig
2: on Thursday, my first stand up gig for since December and I did new material. After it I was just so cuz I was so nervous before and I spent the whole day like working on this set. I just literally had four glasses of wine and it must have been in the space of like <laughs> an hour or something. So the next day oh, all no. day I I woke up and I had my sleeping mask on my forehead, my mascara all down my face. I was wearing this like nightgown with slippers and I looked like a caricature of a drunk person. And I was just vomiting all day to the point where there was nothing coming out, but I was still vomiting and I was oh. crying. Just I was just crying from your pain of like, stop, no more. <laughs> Mummy, please, just a little drink of water. Let me keep it down, please. No. So yeah, I hear you on the, it's not crying. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. It's actually yeah. just at tears of what could we call them guys like when you tears of pain i don't know
0: exhaust exhaustion emotional and physical exhaustion
1: yeah oh okay well thank you samson So that was a segue segue, sorry that was that was a good segue from me not at all (laughs) of uh put in some effort i like that i like that a lot i think yeah same Yeah, I'm actually changing mine a little bit uh, because I completely agree with you. Okay, Kaylee, what would be your top tip for surviving travel?
2: Okay, so I love travel. I'm a professional wanderer. I live by the travel. I've just, oh, I just love it. And I feel like it's how I breathe. Ironically, in 2020, I wanted to do No Fly 2020, but I had three trips planned And I was like, oh, damn it, I can't do No Fly 2020. Maybe I could try and do it another time. But I wanted to try and do it. And then I ended up doing it.
1: There you go. We all
2: did. (laughs) Yeah, we did it. Yeah, so so I did it. (laughs) And yeah, like I'm definitely missing the travel. My top tip is to always have a good paperback book with you. (gasps) And it's important that it's a paperback because you can just swap it with other travelers. That's how you make an effort. That's how you connect to other people making friends. Or you can leave it on a bookshelf and just take another book with you. Yeah. And that is literally how I've read my way around the world by every book, recommendation or whatever has been from people from other places. And it's just been amazing, because most of the books I wouldn't have Maybe read otherwise, and there's only one person who recommended me a book in Thailand. I read the first two pages and I went absolutely not, (laughs) and I and I never took any book recommendations. What was the book? Right, do you know what? I completely wiped the name of it from my head. Little did I know That's I'd be smart. talking about it on a podcast 10 years later. Wiped the book from my head and the author because it was that bad. But it was basically a modern rendition of Jane Austen, but really smarmy and smulchy. And I thought, oh, it could be like funny, but it was just like really like, like Mills and Boone is funny. Like I would even give that a go, but this just didn't fall anywhere. It was just gross. Oh, no. So, yeah, I just was like, no, like, I'm no. So I put it down and... Oh, I hit her with it no I didn't really <laughs> I got rid of that quickly but that's the only book all the other ones have been like amazing and and one of the ones that I wanted to tell you about was I picked up In Cold Blood on a bookshelf in <gasps> Loughbury in Thailand by Truman Capote Truman, Truman Capote and- yeah so good I think it's an amazing book. And I read it on the train from, and I always remember my trips by the books I was reading. So I always remember on my way from Lotbury to Chiang Mai, the the tracks were flooded. So we were going really slow and it took like over 11 hours to get there. And I basically read the first half of the book in that time. The train was full of mosquitoes. So, you know, sometimes they were getting squashed in between my pages and then, had the trip in Chiang Mai went on the journey back so I finished the book in basically four days on this trip and Mm. then I lent it to somebody else and they were like gosh I don't know if I can read this because there's just loads of dead mosquitoes everywhere
0: You said, "Yeah, it's it's Thailand." Yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, uh, and blood yeah. because they'd already bitten me, hadn't they? Mosquitoes <laughs> love me. I've got a mountain range on my leg right now of just of just oh. mozzie bites. So you're the
1: person to stand around. So yeah, so that's my top tip.
0: Uh, that thing about books uh is one thing I miss about like youth hostel culture. I don't really miss staying in youth hostels it was very much a necessity for a for a good chunk of my traveling uh time but you know that kind of you know meeting people exchanging you know not just like literally exchanging books but also like be like oh where have you been that you would recommend yeah you know, oh we've just come yeah. from here
2: yeah
0: if you're like going that way pop in there and just you know getting getting that kind of you know that that give and take because yeah. you're all in that same position and you probably never see that person ever again. But yeah, that that's, uh, I'm sure I did that sort of book exchange uh, when I went to Thailand, it was many, many years ago, so I couldn't tell you what I picked up either, but yeah. I seem to remember I picked up a hardback book and it came in very handy for killing cockroaches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then
1: i was gonna say a hardback book's pretty heavy yeah yeah i i think the key to this tip kaylee i completely agree with you is the paperback because the first time i truly traveled was when i was like 23 or 24 and i came to europe and i brought one hardback book it was the biography of uh, kelly slater he was he's like a world championship surfer and i was here for like almost a month and so then i i mean i finished that and like a week because you know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on trains and stuff but it also was heavy it took up a lot of room yeah and you know i filled my time in other ways but then i got to this hostel in ireland and i had like nothing to read and also i was like broke It was like my last few days so i was broke so i couldn't really do anything and they had all these books on the shelf the only book that either i hadn't read or wasn't for children was this daniel oh, they had a ton oh, they had tons of daniel stills novels so i've read a daniel steel novel because yeah. that was basically all i all i could read Finished that very quickly and then uh this is like one of my favorite stories ever i will never forget this because this was when the last harry potter book came out harry potter and the deathly hallows and i literally i was so broke at that point. I either had to choose between, and I'm in the, you know, I'm in like, you know, I was in Ireland, but it was going to be like the UK version, which like for an American, I was like, Ooh, that's really, that's really cool. Maybe it'll be different. How it'll be different. And, um, so I really wanted to get like the book while I was here, but I was like, I have to eat or I can buy Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. What should I do? So I, chose to eat. But then I was sharing a room with this Welsh girl and we started talking and then she was like, Oh, well I've already finished the book. Do you want it? I was like, what? Yeah. But I, but I didn't have like a book to give to her. So I was like, here's all my food. I literally gave her like all my food that I think, cause I definitely like over prepared, it uh, turns out. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, like, here's all my food. You can have all my food. And she's like, oh, that's great. I needed some. I was like, great. And uh, yeah. And then I finished, yeah, I, I, I read it before I got back to the States, but, and I still have that coffee. Like, it's kind of one of my prized possessions because of that story. Um, Cause like, mm-hmm. I just, this is one I can't give away. It just means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yes. So have a good paperback. Yeah.
2: Bring a paperback with you and be prepared to swap it. it. And um, yeah, that's how you can make friends with other travelers too.
1: Yes. Love it. Okay. So my top tip is technology is your friend and your foe when traveling. So it could be your friend and specifically Google maps and Google translate because it could be your friend. Yeah. Uh, here's a, an extra little tip. If you have like, okay, for example, Sam's lived in China, right? So I like, whenever I go to China, I'm going to be like, Sam, like what's some places you would recommend. And so if I ever am going someplace that I have a friend that's lived there or is from there, I get them to put stuff on my Google maps that way before we've even landed, we already have some places we can go and we can find yeah. and they're on Google maps. So it's super easy, right? Google translate is another way. Again, Sam already beat me. I was going to preference this. You still need to learn some basics like, hi, thank you. You know, do you speak English in that language? Yes, no, but you know, some basics, but then Google translate is really nice. Cause then you can be like, hi, excuse me again in their language. And then, you know, ask them and then, and then Google translate has this option where you can flip it and you know, you can put like, where is this restaurant? And you'll put it in there on translate and you can flip it um, horizontal and it put it large print so people can read it. And that has gotten me out of most binds and it's really helpful because you also can trans, it also has like picture recognition so you can translate menus. So that's where it's kind of helpful. Again, shouldn't be a crutch. You still need to put in some effort, but it can be your foe because you don't want to depend on those because once again, you still need to put in some effort and learn some basics. And here is a story of why. So my husband and I, first time we went to Greece, we were in Athens and then we did a short road trip to ancient Olympia. And it's not, if you go straight there, it's like three hours, I think three and a half. And we like stopped along the way, we wanted to like make a thing of it. So we like stopped along the way, went to some uh winery, like a winery. Uh, people were so nice uh, and had some like amazing local food. It was great. Then we went on our way, went to ancient Olympia, stayed at some, some small town along the way, went to ancient Olympia, stayed there. And then we now from ancient Olympia back to Athens, we're gonna beeline it cause we have to take a flight. So we were gonna go to Santorini, picked up our rental car. And honestly, I'm going to fuck this up because I still didn't understand at the time, but the rental car guys were really nice. And they're like, listen, if you, I hope I get this right. If you return this with a, a half a tank or more, then you don't have to owe anything for the gas. But if you return it less than half a tank, then you'll owe gas. So make sure... I could have that flipped. Actually, I have that flipped. They said, if you return this between uh, half a tank and empty, you don't owe anything for gas. But if you you return it with half a tank and full, then you'll owe gas. So make sure you return it with like as little gas as possible. Petrol, they said petrol. Sorry, I'm an American, I'm saying gas, but they said petrol. So we're like, okay, cool. So we're on our way to Athens, I'm driving. And then the, you know, the ding light comes on and I'm like, okay, honey, we need to start like looking for a gas station. And he gets on Google maps and can't find a gas station. And I'm like, Oh, well, this is bad. And so I'm like, Oh, we'll go a little further. Certainly something, something will come up on the road. Nope. It doesn't. And like the tick, tick, tick of how much longer you have left till you run out is going, you know, oh, low, no. and low and low. So then my husband's like, well, get off at this. Hey, there's, oh, on Google maps. It says there's a, there's a petrol station here. It says there's one here. I was like, okay, cool. So I get off. I put it in neutral because, again, I'm, like, trying to save gas, turn off the AC, and we go into what looks like – if you've ever seen, like, a spaghetti Western, like, 1970s Western cavern, that's what it looked like we were going into. Like, (laughs) I think a tumbleweed literally went in front of our car. (laughs) So I'm not feeling really good about finding this station. And, again, tick, tick, tick on the miles left till you run out. And so then we – we Oh, I see someone. So I, I pull over and I was like, excuse me, like in Greek, I, like, excuse me, excuse me. And we use the Google Translate. Like, where is the petrol station? Well, I don't know if maybe like we fuck something up in our sentence structure or maybe they use like a different dialect, but he looked at it. And he's like, I have no idea what you're saying. Mm. And so then just then some guy on a, like a motorcycle comes past us with a, with a a, a, a little can of petrol. And I'm like, petrol, petrol, petrol. And he's like, oh, and he's like, go down, go keep going down here uh, for, I, I don't remember, like two kilometers or something. We're like, okay, cool. So we do that still to petrol station. So we keep going. Finally, I'm like, we just need to get back on the highway. So when we run out of gas, they can find us. And sure enough, so we get back on the interstate and then we pass by the, the little town that we had stopped to get wine or the vineyard. And I was like, honey, I was like, call them. They were really nice. Call them, ask them if there's a gas station in that town. What, you didn't go to the guy, the place where the guy with the petrol can said, no, no, no because he was saying, oh no, you need to go this way, go ah. this way. And we went the way we think he pointed and we couldn't find anything. So, yeah. And sure enough, my husband like got them on the phone just right as we were about to like pass the exit. And they're like, they were so nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, we have a, we have a, you know, a petrol station here. Do you want us to come get you? So nice. So sweet. So nice. I mean, again, if you put in effort and you talk to people, They're so nice. And I also find that Greek people are just so welcoming as it is. But anyway, and so as I hear him say, you have a station, I went, and like, (laughs) exited. And like, we pull into the gas station, and it was like one kilometer left. And I'm like, fill it up. I don't care. Fill it up. And we get back to the airport, and the guy's like, well, are you sure you don't want to like, i forgot what they're like do you do you want to like do something do you want to like fill up the gas so you don't have to pay we're like no just take the car we don't care about the gas we'll pay whatever gas we have we just, just take the car so in that instance Google Maps was not good because it would not tell you where the gas stations are in the middle of Greece and it's translate may be off. So don't necessarily, so, so technology can be your... I don't know what your tip is about, Molly, if I'm going
2: to be honest with you. You've just said it's your friend or foe, but what are we supposed to do with that information now? <laughs> I think, <laughs> it's,
1: you supposed I to think do? it's... You know what it is? It's remember my tip that it's with your friend and your foe. So therefore... You need to make a little bit of effort that Sam said Okay. and bring a paperback book like you said. Okay, okay, I hear it, I hear it. And that's how you survive travel.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think everyone knows that technology is a friend or foe. Like, I I, I don't know, listeners, this might have happened to them, but you ask for someone, Google Translate, and then they rob your phone, you know? that's what i thought you were gonna say
0: we had an experience my parents came out to visit me there was thing in a slightly sketchy hotel in china and um their kindles went missing from their room because they didn't bring paperbacks they brought kindles
2: that's why you need a paperback
0: rookie mistake uh but their kindles went missing presumably like one of the cleaners lifted it or whatever anyway i was trying to explain to the uh the woman at the desk what had happened and what had gone missing and i had used not google translate because there's no google in china but you know a translation app and i was i said what you know what i thought was like e-reader ebook and she like shook her head and i used about five different variations on electronic book and she just sat there for a second then she looked up and she went oh kindle I went, yeah yeah
1: I did why didn't
0: why didn't I start with Kindle? They just they just <laughs> did the Dang. same as us and they called them all Kindle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. Amazing. Well, I'm sure it wasn't amazing for your parents. I'm sorry that happened to them. Did they that get their fine. Kindles back?
0: No, but they got a oh. refund for the rest of the stay and then they went to a much nicer hotel for the rest of the trip. So
1: there you That's go. very nice. See? Well, this has been lovely. I've enjoyed this this trip down memory lane. Pun Definitely. not attending, but it worked. Hey. <laughs> love it. (laughs) Sam, if people are like, Oh my god, that same guy is so cool. I want to hear or see more of him. Where can they do that?
0: If you look for the spontaneous players and men with coconuts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you will find us there. And if you're specifically looking to see me do an improv show, look for spontaneous Potter, the unofficial improvised Harry Potter parody, which will be on at the Edinburgh fringe at the tail end of August this year.
1: and they're always hilarious i have seen them a couple of times so it's a good time i guarantee It's a good time to travel to edinburgh at the end of august and 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 enjoy a trip with some theater there you go if you want to find us you can as you already know but again in case you're sam's friend or just joining us for the first time you can find us on facebook Facebook at how to survive your life on Instagram and Twitter at how the number two survive. Or you can email us because you know we like those emails at how to survive your life pod at gmail.com. You can join us next week as we survive something else with someone else. I'm Molly. I'm Cam. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> thought you wanted us to say our names. No, I like it. We yeah. should do that more. Let's do that again. I okay, let's do it again. I'm Molly. I'm Kaylee.
0: And I'm Sam.
1: And that's us.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Theme music by Jazar.